Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 714 recorded live on February 19th, 2022. And here are your hosts. Mr. River Runs Through a Red Place, Dave Pillay. Hi. And Mr. Large Lake, Andy Lowe. Hi. I feel like there's some form of cultural appropriation going on here. You don't know River Running Through a Red Place? Not offhand. I just learned that one tonight, actually, which is funny. All right, Um, hang on. River Running Through a Red Place? Yes. Oh, huh. Interesting. Yep. And what was yours? Large Lake. Uh, I mean, that... Yep, that that fits. That... (laughs) Yeah, that one that one fits. So wait, Lake Michigan is Lake the Large Lake. Yes. It is Lake Large Lake. Okay. Yeah, think about that. Yeah, Lake Large Lake. But yeah, no, um Isaac got I'm not sure if it was for Christmas or his birthday, but he got a book that was, you know, the fifty states and they had, you know, facts, facts about, about all the 50. states. Yeah, and, you know, famous people from each state and, you know, interesting places. Wait, wait, all right. Do you, do you have said book? No, it is upstairs in his room, and there is no way in hell I am going up there to... <laughs> <laughs> he is currently I, sleeping. I, yeah, no, I, I understand. You, you, I know your, like, good night routine, and to go in intentionally and risk... W- Waking him up, although what you're going to do when he starts losing his teeth and you have to do like the tooth fairy thing, I don't know. Good luck with that. Um, but I was going to ask, like, do, who's do the famous to, person? Do I need to uh, do I need to do the tooth fairy? I mean, you don't need to. Are you not planning on doing the tooth fairy? I don't know. We haven't had this discussion. I... Oh, well, I mean, you might want to have that discussion. Yep. Uh, because... Regardless of if you do the Tooth Fairy, like, his friends are probably going to have it. Yep. School will have it. Yep. So, you know, it's, at some point like you're going to have to have that... You're either going to have to do the Tooth Fairy, or you're going to have to have that conversation about the Tooth Fairy. Which then would probably lead into other conversations about Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny. Yep. Yep. Now, I mean, I'm... Like, sure, yeah, Santa's not real. That's fine. But then I didn't grow up in a household with Christmas. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> you're late to this whole Santa game, Dave. I mean, I have opinions about Christmas, Andy. Oh, they're, 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 oh you can so have so many opinions about Christmas. Bah humbug, I think, is, is the generalization of my opinions about Christmas. But mm-hmm. anyway, hi, Andy. Hello. It's been a while. Yes. Because you were sick and then played hooky. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was not sick. I, had, I needed a, a like mental day to myself, and that was Saturday. And then Sunday, I was feeling much better. And as part of a mental day for myself, I went to um, a friend's house for the Super Bowl. Yeah, we didn't watch any of the Super Bowl. We actually did not watch the uh, Puppy Bowl this year. What? But that's like your thing. I know, but it was just... It, we just never just got around didn't to. Didn't want it. to. Yeah. Oh well, I mean, 
I, I know you're not a, a huge football fan, but like you watch football. Yes. Um, I, all I can say, like, it was actually a really good game. Yeah, I don't like, doubt it. As, as, as football games go, it was actually a really good game. Um, the, the refs were a little blind on both sides, but also there were like very few things that needed a penalty called. Well, that's good. There was one like obvious and egregious face mask and the ref was right there. And the guy who got his mask pulled, like, looked at the ref going, like, are you going to do something about this? And the ref just kind of stood there. Huh. Uh, uh, but otherwise, yeah, good game. Like, really good game. Like, damn good football. Um, <laughs> interesting about the commercials. Yeah. Do we have any topics about those? Uh, let me check. We have a lot of topics. Well, yes, because it, I literally, on Saturday, was like, oh, I've got some time. Let me get all my topics squared away. And then Dave was like, hey, can't make it today. Yes. So then they went like, oh, I could have had that hour, hour back. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't think we actually did. Oh, wow. So, like, we don't have anything about the five different electric vehicle commercial from, like, all the different auto manufacturers. Or the crypto commercials. Or the crypto commercials. Such as the Coinbase commercial. That was just a QR code. Yeah, so here's the fun thing about that, though. That was a, like, $14 million commercial, right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. It was a floating QR code. It looked like an old Windows 95 screensaver. $14 million. And it crashed their website. I wonder if they run on AWS or not. <laughs> I don't know, but they whatever they're running on uh, was not prepared for that. I feel like you know, you know, if you put an ad on there and you're going to get a lot of people going to it. Well, especially if you just put on a QR code because the barrier to entry is so low. Yes. Right. You're just going to have people like pull out their phone and pointed at the screen. And apparently, they did. A lot of people did. Enough people that it crashed their system. That's funny. <clears throat> so imagine spending $14 million to crash your own system. To set up your own denial of service account- like attack. <laughs> like, come on. At least they got a shit ton of publicity out of it. Yes. Yes, they did. I've actually, that was one of my ideas. If I ever had a point where, you know, I was ever, you know, I dreamed about this as a younger kid. If I ever had like, you know, that award show moment that was televised, I would literally just walk up there and like list a website and then just walk off. (laughs) Just be like xkcd.com. Thank you. And walk away. Well, no, just like have my, my acceptance speech written out or a video or something written out. But on a oh, website, okay. you know, throw a couple of banner ads on there or something. <laughs> Nothing says thank you like advertisements. <laughs> well, I get paid rather than, you know, the, the, you know, the TV channel or whatever is 
that's hosting it. Did you actually see this? Mm. This I know this is not a topic. It's the a, it's the AMC um, mm. American no AC, ACM ACM Awards Academy the of Country American Music Classic Awards. Media? Oh, Academy. Okay. The okay. No, I don't know anything about that. The ACM Awards <laughs> are going to be held on Amazon Prime Video. I mean, sure, why not? All of Thursday Night Football is going to be on Amazon Prime Video, too. It's one of those things where it's like, okay, that's... Wow, you're, you're, we're literally just taking award shows and just going, nope, that's going to be entirely streamed. Yeah, but like, how many people actually watch the... What was it? The Academy of Country Music? Yes, ACM Awards. Or the Association of... I don't know. The ACM. Okay. Like, how many the, people actually watch that? Uh, I don't know. Uh, let's see. ACM Awards. Let's look at last year. Last year was 2020. <laughs> viewership. Helpful if I can spell viewership. Uh, in 2020, the number of viewers of the Academy of Country Music Awards fell to an all-time low of 6.6 million, down from 9.9 million who watched the ceremony in 2019. So let's see, that's a one share. Oof. So, yeah, okay, so yes, still, yes, technically 6 million people watched it last year, but in the grand scheme of things, that's... That's not many people. No, that's not many people. How many people are subscribed to Amazon Prime? I'm not sure if Amazon Prime actually gives those numbers. They do not. I guarantee you they do not. Oh, there actually. no way that is public. No, they actually just announced it recently. No, there's no way. In the shareholder letter, they stated that they have over 200 million Prime members. That is a lot of people. Uh, there are 148.6 million Prime members in the U.S. Okay, so the, so Amazon finally did just state, hey, congratulations to us. We have over 200 million Amazon Prime members. That is a lot of people. Yes. Well, I mean, congratulations to Amazon. But yeah, no, even that, 6 million people out of 200 million? Yep. So, uh, speaking of other people that have way too much money, if you actually want to get into other topics. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. That does not sound good. Sure, Andy. Let's talk about other topics. What other topics do you have? Well, um, we were going to talk about this last week. Um, uh, SpaceX had their Starship report. Elon Musk got up on stage in front of a fully stacked Starship and did a 75-minute presentation on Starship. An hour and 15 minutes? And he did. He talked for an hour and 15 minutes on Starship. What did he say other than, we think this is going to be the cheapest way to get to space ever? Pretty much no, really, any new news. Okay. It, it was a lot of... You know, basically, once again, talking about how he wants to make humans a multi-planetary species. Right. Uh, one of the things he did that we're kind of talking about was, one, the giant launch and catch tower, literally right next to the rocket. Ooh. Um, which... This is for, for stacking the tower up and for... Catching the booster. Um, catching the booster. <laughs> 
Am I the only one getting flashbacks to uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail? <laughs> Catch the boosh. Catch the booster. What? Catch the booster. Um, so, yeah, so that is basically uh, pretty much operational. It's actually what they use to stack and unstack the starship for the presentation. Yay. About time. Yep. And they're already working on a Raptor 2 engine. Yes, I did see something about that. Yes, the original Raptor engine uh, produced 185 tons of thrust. Mm-hmm. Raptor 2 will have 230 tons of thrust. It will also cost half as much to build and should be more robust. Uh, they still have a problem, though, of having the um, engine chambers uh, basically melt if they go too hot with the Raptor engine. We made a rocket so powerful that it actually burns itself up. Yes, it literally melts itself apart. I mean, just to add a little more insulation, right? <laughs> um, he also stated that during the uh, talk, he wasn't sure when the FAA was going to go for his approval process. Because remember, they were still talking about environmental issues down in Texas. Yeah. Um, but the company already has FAA approval to launch Starship from Cape Canaveral mm-hmm. or Kennedy Space. Which, which Kennedy side? Space Center. Is it Kennedy Space Center? Is that what 39A I mean, is? Kennedy Space Center at Cape Canaveral? Like one's the complex, the other's the city, right? No, I thought one was like military side and the other one was civilian. Let's see. Okay, they are two... Center versus Cape Canaveral. Yeah, they're two entirely separate facilities but are physically adjacent to each other. Cape Canaveral is an Air okay. Force base that just, you know, happened to be in the business of launching rockets. And then Kennedy versus Space Center... Kennedy Space Center. ...is NASA. So, okay. yeah, that's what, that's what I thought. I thought one was military and one was not. So, SpaceX has launch pad 39A on Kennedy Space Center. Mm-hmm. Um... So if they're doing NASA things, they can launch from 39A. If they're doing any military things, then I think they launch from... Let me look at the list here. Oh, because they'd actually use the military's side? Yes, uh, Complex 40. Complex 40 on Cape Canaveral for military launches, if I'm reading this correctly. Okay. Hmm. So that's really weird. But there you... you, The more you know. (laughs) What? So, yes, no, uh, the FAA gave approval to launch Starship from 39A, and so they are actually just, uh, let's see, Starship 39A. I swear I just read something on this. Are you sure you're not making it up? I won't be angry with you if you're making it up, Andy. Uh, where's my news tab? Oh, yeah, they are, they're working on the Starship launch pad at 39A now, too. So yeah, the FAA delayed their, um, they originally said that it was supposed to be in February. They delayed it to March. Now I think they've delayed it to April for a response. So Elon Musk is now basically just resuming building one at 39A because it took him 13 months to build the one down in Texas. Mm-hmm. So if the FAA keeps dragging their feet. Dicking around. Yeah. I like your word for it better. <laughs> Yours is a little nicer than mine. 
Well, I, <laughs> I was actually listening to a um, webinar on Thursday, um, a, a tower building and climbing crew out of, I think, Kentucky. Uh, we're, we're discussing some of the new lighting requirements for towers. Mm-hmm. And for he, antenna, right? Like radio. Yes. Well, just for tower structures in general. There was a okay. new, there was a new, um, I forgot hmm. exactly what he called it, but the FAA put out new requirements for towers. Sure. Um, which is fine. If you're, you know, if your tower was on, you know, the old, the old way, you can keep the old way if you want to, but you, you know, if you do something or change the tower registration number or you refile with a new ownership or something, you have to update it. Yeah. Yeah. But he was talking about how the fact that, you know, like, well, if there's a problem, the FAA, you know, can't really do much unless it's about the environment, then they can do a whole lot. And I'm just sitting there in my head going, yep. Yep, that sounds about right. Yep. It's like hmm. most of the time the FAA will just make note of problems, and then if the FCC guy comes to the regional office and goes, hey, uh, who are you guys having trouble with? The FAA will give the FCC the notification. The FCC then can come in and lay some heavy fines down. Hmm. Ah, government bureaucracy. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so 75 minutes... Not really much new learned from it, but we actually got to see a okay. fully stacked starship. Plus, but like we've seen the fully stacked starship. Yes, They've but this one was with it. This one was built and disassembled by the launch and catch tower. So at least we got to see that. I still think it would have been great for him to be like, and now we launch and like have it just go off, which would have gotten him into horrible trouble with the FAA. <laughs> uh speaking of space though james webb has gotten has locked onto its guide star yes and there are two pictures out there one is the very first mosaic where they just basically told all the camera you know <laughs> like eh, just take a picture now go <laughs> we oh, haven't good. focused yet yeah whatever take a picture <laughs> and they counted 18 dots and they're like yes all the mirrors are working <laughs> <laughs> well it, it's it's um so they took they just basically turned on the camera all the mirrors are able to see the same star so there's 18 just random pictures of stars out there yeah from that picture they were able to dissect which ones were which and now there's a picture of that one star 18 times but in a hexagon shape yes i've seen that new photo so that way, now they can actually go mirror by mirror and focus each mirror. <clears throat> so that's going to be the next step is focusing. Yeah. And then after that step, once all the cameras are or all the mirrors are focused, then they're actually going to align all of them together onto a single point. Right. So it's going to take each of the 18 and they have to like adjust the the curvature and the positioning in like micrometer scale right yes. like really really fine adjustments yes and then once they're all focused then they like rotate them in a little bit and get everything to line up over the same dot yes but at least all 18 are working yay so we've got that i mean <laughs> were were we concerned that they wouldn't they're mirrors i'm not sure how like what what did they expect for it to not work? 
I don't know. I just, the amount of times that things go, oh yeah, this could possibly go wrong and then we sunk. The amount of times that I've heard somebody talk about that, it's like, oh yes, no, if this doesn't work right, then we're sunk. It's like, okay, I'm just... Yeah, well, I mean, but that's the James Webb in general, right? Like, yes. This could be great or it could crash the whole thing. Yep. Like, we're we're pretty sure it'll be fine. It'll It's no problem. Don't worry. Don't worry. We got it. Mm-hmm. We got it. No problem whatsoever. Andy, I'm telling you, just it, there's just no problem. No problem whatsoever. It's smooth sailing. Everything's great. Smooth sailing from here on out. Won't be a problem. Nope. No problem whatsoever. Ever. Yep. Ever. Just it won't be a problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, really. Mm. Do tell. Do tell. All right. What else we got here? Uh, anything oh. space-wise? Any other space topics? I mean, we did James Webb. We did... Uh, I heard the solar Parker solar probe got even closer to the sun. Which like, right surprise, now... Surprise, surprise. That's kind of its job, right? Is to yeah. just like crash into the sun eventually. Um, although I did see it also sent the first like visible light spectrum picture of Venus. Which I it can't be right. Like that can't be the first like close flyby visible spectrum. I don't know. We haven't really gone back to Venus because we can't really do much with Venus because Venus is literally a hellscape. Parker Solar Probe captures visible light images of Venus. But like we can see the damn thing. What do you mean it captures visual like is it not have we never actually just pointed a fucking camera at Venus? <laughs> I feel like a lot of people have done that already. Right. Like, I'm I'm so confused about what this... Like, we've sent landers to Venus. None of them had, like, a regular visible spectrum camera on them. Okay, smothered in thick clouds, Venus' surface is usually shrouded from sight. But in two recent flybys of the planet, Parker used its wide-field imager, or whisper to image the entire night side in wavelengths of the visible spectrum. Okay, so it used the wide-field imager to see through the clouds. I mean, it's Venus. What are you going to find? Like, oceans of boiling lead? Like, there's not going to be any water there. The very longest visible wavelengths, which border on near-infrared, made it through the clouds. The surface of Venus, even on the night side, is about 860 degrees. Fahrenheit or Celsius? Um, it does not say. It just says 860 degrees, okay. and it's NASA, so it could go. The, it could the, go either way. It could be either way. <laughs> like it makes a big difference whether it is or isn't. Let's see. What does this say? Uh, NASA says 900 degrees Fahrenheit on another page. On the night side. Well, that's that's probably on the day side. Night side's 860. Which so is it about actually, the same. Yeah. Um, so it actually uh, glows. Yeah. I mean, I'd believe it. Yeah. Something that hot is going to emit infrared light in a, like... Yeah. But does it glow, like, red hot? Uh, I don't know. I don't know what the, the surface of Venus is made out of other than rock. <laughs> Hey Siri, what is the surface of Venus made out of? Fuck if I know. 
Let's see. Geography. Are you actually looking up what the surface of Venus is made out of? Yes. It's made out of rocks, Andy. <laughs> but what kind of rocks? The rocky kind of rocks. <laughs> uh, volcanic bedrock is what it says. All right, so yeah, so volcanic rock. Does that answer your question? Does that give you more information knowing that it's volcanic rock? Yes. Okay, because it doesn't really tell me anything. What makes a rock volcanic? Uh, the composition in it, because there's only some stuff that can actually, you know, handle. Yeah, volcanic rock is literally like a specific type of um, ingenious rock. Igneous. Igneous. But close. Yes. Right, props for trying, Andy. Props for trying. I. This Igneous. is stuff that I... This is stuff that I don't remember outside of very basic stuff from sixth grade. Sixth grade? You took earth science in high school. I did? Yeah, it was either ninth or tenth grade. You took earth sciences. Where you definitely would have learned about igneous, sedimentary, and whatever the third one is. Basalt? Is that the last one? Uh, Igneous, sedimentary, and metamorphic. Metamorphic. Ah, that was close. <clears throat> but yes, you definitely learned about those in high school. I'll say you're right, because I, I can't refute against it. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, it's terrible. Okay. Excuse me. Um, I think that's all the space spacey stuff. Do you want to oh. pivot to our... Oops, we talked about this, and then it disappeared. Sure. NVIDIA and ARM. Oh, yeah, that that's dead now. We talked about it. We were like, and then this is happening. And we were like, wow, that's really like, huh, I wouldn't have thought of that. And then we're like, oh, well, if this happens and then this happens, and then and now nothing happens. Um, SoftBank pulled out. They they abandoned the deal. Yes, but in line with the agreement signed by both uh, companies in 2020, SoftBank would keep a $1.25 billion non-refundable deposit paid by NVIDIA. <gasps> really? Yes. I thought that was only if NVIDIA backs out. No, I guess according to the document that they both signed and agreed to. SoftBank gets to keep the money? SoftBank gets to keep the money, yep. Hey, Andy. <laughs> Let's, I'd like to enter into negotiation with you. For uh, swapping houses. No. <laughs> and I would require a $20,000 uh, just kind of good faith money. Um, and if, if for any reason the the discussions break down, I get to keep the money. Yeah, nope, I'm going to say no to that one. Oh, come on, NVIDIA. <laughs> I can't even do it with a straight face. Why? Oh, my God, Why? <laughs> How much money? $1.2 billion? $1.25 billion. Oh, yeah, because that $0.05 billion, the $50 million, makes a huge <laughs> difference there, Andy. Did you just say $50 million is basically a rounding error? I mean, when Did you're you just about... literally just say $50 million is basically a rounding error? I did, Andy. How much does a graphics card cost? <laughs> Well, right now, who the hell knows? Because right. they don't like. 
Andy, we just talked about other companies that were being bought for like $68 billion. Yes, $50 million is a rounding error. Speaking of other chip companies, though, this one is another one that's supposedly going... <laughs> I, I sent yeah. you this link when I saw this, and I'm like, really? Um, Intel yes. is paying $5.4 billion okay. to buy Tower Semiconductor. I mean, Intel is a semiconductor company. Yes, uh, Tower is a contract chip manufacturer. Why is Intel just for their facilities? Or? Uh, pretty much, yeah, because um, Tower has a chip factory in Israel, as uh, two in the U.S. and another in Italy. Okay. And they are still using the older processing equipment that Intel no longer has. Oh, no. So they're they're making the older chips that we have talked about, you know, for car manufacturers. And Intel is like, we need your equipment. Pretty much. Intel's like, well, shoot. We, I feel like most of the chip manufacturers kind of put the cart in front of the horse. Yep. And then all of a sudden all these people came back going, well, we don't really need these super powerful chips. We just need the older chips. What happened to the older chips? Oh, you stopped making the older chips. Okay, well, we're just going to go to this company because they can still make the older chips. Yeah, so yeah, Intel is buying them for $5.4 billion. Sure, it's not 5.45? No, this one just says $5.4 billion. Maybe it's 5.35 and they round it up? Because who the fuck cares about $0.05 billion when you're dealing in billions? Okay, well, if you want to get very specific about it, it's technically... Uh, Intel will acquire Tower for $53 per share in cash. Ooh. So, yes, the 5.4 is already rounded. Yeah. How, I wonder how, uh, how Tower's stock just went. Uh, T-S-E-M is their, uh, ticker. Well, I'm not gonna go look it up, Andy. Well, let's see, when was this announced? That's what I got you for. This was announced on the 15th. (laughs) How could I tell that? Stock price on the 14th. Their stock. <laughs> stock price on the 14th, $34. <laughs> stock price on the 15th, $47. Damn. Someone so yeah, you could you, could you you could have bought stock even at the higher price. <laughs> and Intel still pay you $53 per share. Yep. Assuming it is allowed, right? That's true. Acquisitions like this generally have to go through the um um, Chet, who is it? FTC. FTC. Would you do that though? Because isn't Tower Tower is an Israeli Israeli company? I mean, it's, it, it probably still has to get approved because Intel is an American company. Yep. Okay. Let's see. Transaction is expected to close in approximately twelve months. It has been unanimously approved by both boards of directors. Um. I don't know, let's see. Intel FTC. Let's see if there's any news on that. Uh, yep, yeah, nothing there about the FTC yet. But this was only announced a couple of days ago, so who knows? Yep. As we know from the other one, it took them a while to finally tell NVIDIA and SoftBank to say no. So, Or the fact that they're about to look at the Microsoft Activision deal. Yep. I mean, that took them a week before they made that announcement. Oh, speaking of Microsoft and Activision, Microsoft, remember how we talked about, oh yeah, they're doing this for X, 
Xbox Pass exclusivity, right? Games Pass, yeah. Games Pass, whatever it's called now. Yeah. Um, yes, I remember us saying that. Yes. Well, Microsoft now said that it is committed to Sony and that Call of Duty and other popular Activision titles will be available on PlayStation beyond the existing agreement and into the future so that Sony fans can continue to enjoy the games they love. Xbox also uh, says that they are interested in taking similar steps to support Nintendo's successful platform as well. Call of Duty on the Switch confirmed. World of Warcraft Switch Edition. So there you go. It, we had talked about it. Oh, this might be an exclusivity sort of deal, but Microsoft came out and said, "No, not yet." I mean, I I never said it was exclusivity. I, in fact, said quite the opposite that the well, VP I, for Xbox. I thought it was going to be, uh, you know, because they did the same thing with um, was it Bioware? That they did that too? I don't know. I'm trying to remember. Right? There was a good example that had happened because <laughs> Microsoft had done something similar. They bought the thing saying nothing's going to change. And then as soon as the thing finalized, they said everything's going to change. Yeah. But if they came out that clear and said very clearly, we will not change this post-current contract. I mean, Sony is going to have to pay them a bunch of money. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I, I think they they are all set. Like, assuming, again, that the FTC allows it Mm -hmm. and says, yes, you can do this. Uh, Speaking of Sony, though, they're going to make a Jack and Daxter movie. Cool. I have never played those games. Oh, man, I loved that. It was Jack and Daxter and Ratchet and Clank. Those two, like, were similar, but then also different enough to make it different. But, man, I loved both of those. I love Jack and Daxter. And Crash Bandicoot, if you want to. Oh, yeah. So the uh, director from the Uncharted movie has confirmed he is currently working on a Jack and Daxter movie. So we will see if the movies based on video games trend gets bucked. I have to say, there, there is a new best, at least I think it's the best, um... Visual media property based on a video game, which is Arcane. Arcane is based off of League of Legends. Oh, yeah, but yeah, like, yeah. But saying that does an incredible disservice to Arcane. Arcane is like someone took Tale of Two Cities and reset it in the world that League of Legends takes place in. Hmm. And that, that's, that's like it. That is the extent of it. Like, yes, the main characters are champions in League of Legends, but the game has no bearing on the plot, on how things work, on what the story is about. It's a fantastic show. I do have to say, though, I this shows you how much of a fan I was. I actually went and saw the Ratchet and Clank movie in the theaters when it came out. Ah, huh. I didn't know there was a movie. Yeah, no, the, the, uh, they had finished up the Ratchet and Clank series. Then they yeah. put a movie out, and the movie was actually, quote-unquote, successful enough that they decided to just make some more Ratchet & Clank games. And then oh, cool. um, that's when uh, Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart came out for the PS5. Yeah. Um, speaking of movies, have you seen the preview for Chippendale Rescue Rangers? The I have not. 
everybody else, I guess, in my social media sphere have seen. Yeah. I I, I mean, I I feel like we should pause for a second. uh, You want me to go? It's one of those where, like, it it is important to be able to talk about this. All right, hold on. I'm going to go pause this for a second. Okay, we're unpaused. <laughs> Andy has now watched the teaser trailer for Chippendale Rescue Rangers. What did I just watch? Did you ever watch the show Rescue Rangers? I must have at one point because I recognized the characters. Okay. Because I feel like... I mean, know, it was, it was Saturday like- morning Disney, and I know that you, you didn't have a lot of like TV growing up. Well, that was like ABC, right? Chippendale? Yeah. I don't know. It might have been because eventually Disney bought ABC. Let's see. Animated TV series. Oh, it was Disney Channel. Oh, 1989 series entered national syndication. It was aired afternoons along with and following DuckTales. Yeah. So that's where it was. Okay, yep, and Tailspin. Yep, I remember that. I remember that whole stretch right there. Okay, so Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers, right? Like the, so what, what is this movie, Andy? Is this a cheap nostalgia grab? I mean, it, 100% it is a nostalgia grab, right? Like, I don't think we, we, can, we even need to worry about whether it is or isn't. The question is, is it a respectful one or a cheap-ass one? I don't know. I don't know either, but here's the kicker. As you're going through that that trailer again, right? Yeah. They talk about doing the Roger Rabbit with Roger, like dancing the Roger Rabbit with Roger Rabbit, right? Yes. Andy, who owns Roger Rabbit? Warner Brothers, right? Warner Brothers, who owns My Little Pony? Because there were My Little Ponies in there. I I don't know who owns... Uh... That would be Hasbro. Okay. There were... Who owns Indiana Jones? Well, Disney owns Indiana Jones. Oh, do they? I do believe that that was all... Because it's Indiana uh, Jones... Was... It would have been Lucas. No, it was Spielberg, right? Lucas played a part in it, but it was a Spielberg production. But there was always that Indiana Jones stunt spectacular at Disney. At, um, Shit. who owns? At, at uh, MGM. Oh, at, at Disney. Jones. The, uh, what do they call it? The Hollywood Park now? Who owns Indiana Oh, wow. Owner is Lucasfilm. All right, so that is Disney. What about yeah. Jurassic Park? Because there was a very clear Jurassic Park parody in there. And cats. I mean, Disney is so big, they might actually own those as well. But they definitely do not own My Little Pony. They definitely, definitely do not own Roger Rabbit. That was the whole goddamn point of Who Framed Roger Rabbit. <clears throat> so uh, my, my point is, like, Disney is not going to shell out the cash for these other properties, which aren't really targeted to the same group of people without good reason, right? Like, that's that's where my hope is. That's kind of what I'm thinking and what I'm uh, praying for. I don't know. Yep. Well, that should be interesting. Yep. Oh, speaking of Warner Brothers. Um, yes. 
one um, one merger that actually did get approval was the Discovery AT and T subsidiary of Warner Media. They're selling it off to someone. Yeah, D- Discovery wanted to buy the Warner Media catalog off of AT and T. Yes, because AT and T owns Warner because War Time Warner. Yeah. Um, Fuck, I've lost track. Andy. Yeah, AT&T bought Time Warner back in 2016 for $85.4 billion. And they bought it from, Com- no, AOL. They bought it from AOL. Yes. So, yeah, they, they bought Warner Media, well, Time Warner at the time. Then the, uh, it yeah. took two years to get that through the courts. Um, but they finally got approval. Uh, they finally finalized it in 2018. And now they're going to sell... Warner Media for forty three billion to Discovery. Did, wait, sorry, how much did they buy it for? I lost track again. Eighty five point four billion. Okay, so half price. Yes. <laughs> how much There's, did AOL pay for Warner Brothers? Oh boy, that's an interesting question. <laughs> where where is Warner Brothers' value relative to when AOL purchased them? Okay. Um Okay, so um, Time Warner bought Turner yep. Broadcasting for nine point six billion. Right. So that okay, so that was that. That was after the AOL acquisition, though, right? I need a like timeline of Warner Brothers. Okay, so right, so Time Warner became bigger because <laughs> they bought Turner. But so, oh, but that doesn't matter because that's still. Warner Brothers is part of Time Warner originally. Okay, so uh, America Online agrees to purchase Time Warner in 2000 for $165 billion. <laughs> Sorry. It's just, every time it gets sold, it goes half of value. <laughs> yes. It went from 165 to 80 to 40 Yep, 160 to 80 to 40 in the period so when of Discovery 22 years. So Discovery ends up years. selling it in like, 10, in like five years, it'll be 20, 20 billion. Yes. <clears throat> That's hilarious. How the mighty have fallen. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but yeah, so now Warner Media is not even going to exist anymore. It's just literally going to be, what are they going to call it now? It's part of Discovery. Uh, uh, Warner Brothers Discovery. Yes, Warner Brothers Discovery. Okay, there it is. <clears throat> so that one has been approved. So that one, that one's a go. That one's in the books. Mm-hmm. So there you go on that one. All right, what else we got? Anything in here that you seem interested in? I mean, there's a couple things here and there. Um, no, none of that is. Why did someone destroy the internet for their entire town? Because he wanted to keep his kids off the off, offline. How? The dad tried to use a multi-wave band jammer to cut off the internet connection at his house in France. That's illegal. Yes, yes, it is. Hence, why he's going Even to in get. France. Um, it looks like he's going to get six months of jail time now. Okay. And so he was using this multi-wave jammer, and what, like, his house ended up being next to one of the transmission lines? Um, well, he probably didn't know exactly what he was doing, because it was basically knocking the whole town offline. 
The dad apparently admitted that he only wanted to cut off the connectivity to his house at night between the hours of midnight and 3 a.m. Unfortunately, the jamming device was powerful enough to cut the connectivity to his town. So his neighbors eventually started reporting their outages, after which the government started to investigate. Yeah, he he was disrupting telecommunications in an area spanning two municipalities, and the French version of the FCC came in and said, "Nope, this." Um, <laughs> came in and said, "No." Yeah, <laughs> that was that was very good there, Dave. Yeah, thank you. My my one French word, no. So yeah, six months in jail and a fine of thirty thousand euros. Because he wanted his kids to get off their phones. And go to sleep. And go to right? sleep. Right, this was from midnight to 3 a.m.? Yes. Yep. Well, <laughs> oops. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, NTSB approved smart headlights. Yes, thank God. It's been approved in Japan and Europe for I don't know how long. So I thought I have smart headlights, or do I have like kind of smart headlights my headlight my my brights yes turn off when there is approaching traffic is that not this no okay what is this uh basically it yours that just you know turns off the high beams this one will actually yeah kill the entire headlight or uh, like moves the headlights yes it moves the headlights it actually refocuses them depending on your speed Okay. Puts them, like, where they need to be to yes. help me. It uh, right. allows, you know, at lower speeds, it, it basically spreads out more. So you can actually see, like, side of the road stuff and pedestrians. Right. You know, the stuff you need to see. Yes. But when you're, you know, at highway speeds, it, it narrows the focus, and it also kind of focuses it slightly away from oncoming traffic. Um, so you can actually, you know not blind the uh, oncoming traffic with your headlights. Right. Well, that's pretty cool. So yes, like yours it. yours are yours are sort of smart, but these are like smart smart. Okay. Mine are mine are just kind of smart. Yes. They're so so. <clears throat> They're so so. Thanks, Andy. I appreciate that. No problem. If if your lights are feeling bad, just let me know and I'll I'll talk to them. Okay. Uh I mean, I think that's it for for me. Do we have anything you want to hit? Um, usually if you're asking me that, it means that we're getting close to the randoms. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, speaking of Disney, do you, do you remember Uh-oh. hearing about, um, Celebration? The city? Yes. I mean, I know of Celebration, Florida, the happiest place on earth. Yes. Well, you know, that was one of Disney's, you know, forays into creating... A company town. Yeah. Well, they want to create a new one called, what is it called again? Um, They're calling it Story Living by Disney. Story Living by Disney. Yes. The town's name is Story Living by Disney? Well, no, no. The the first town that they're going to make is called Cotino. C-O-T-I-N-O. Which stands for? I don't know. That's, that's. Um, it's going to be built in the city of Ranch, Rancho Mirage in California's Coachella Valley. Okay. 
it's actually going to be run as part of the company's theme parks division. The town. The town, yes. The town is, well, the town is going to be designed. They're not actually going to build the stuff. They are, um, uh, they're doing the branding and the marketing. They will not own, build, or sell the homes, though. Okay. So it's not really a company town. It's just designed by Disney. Yes, it's a town designed by Disney and supposedly, yeah, run along the similar lines of the actual theme park operations. Nice. I mean, I'm not going there, but no. nice. <laughs> they, they, the new communities are all about expanding storytelling to story living. <laughs> Sorry, that just sounds so fucking like pretentious. Story living. What does that mean? What does that even mean? Every single element of these communities will be steeped in a story. The residents will be active participants in the stories. That's that's all we uh, they have been very still doesn't actually say anything. Yeah, I know. There's been a lot of that with a lot of, you know, concept art. I don't know. Yeah, it's just one of those things like, really, that's your that's your new business is to develop residential communities that are all about living the story. Again, what does that even mean? I don't know. You're living the story like you sure, I guess. I don't know. All right. Andy, it's your review. Yes, I am reviewing the Fitbit Versa 3. Picked it up December of last year because I dropped my Fossil Sport, and it seemed to have landed right on one of the um, corners that holds the watch band to the watch and just broke it right off. So um, I... I can't wear it anymore because I can't put the band on anymore. Okay. So I needed it. Doesn't a, I, sound good. Yeah, I needed a new smartwatch. And this was actually on sale at the time for $175, which right now it's $230. So $60 off. Yeah. Not bad. No. I liked it because um, battery life is just amazing. You know, the the... There were a couple of times with my old fossil sport that if I didn't do things right, it was it would literally die on me during the day. Mm-hmm. This thing, you know, if I don't, you know, I, I wear it to sleep at night. And yeah. if I don't charge it in the morning, I don't have to worry about it because it's, it's still, still oh, powered at yeah. the end of the day. Yeah, it's like, okay, I you know, I charge it up at night when I put the kids to bed or Isaac to bed right now. Um, cause I don't want, you know, the light from the watch to mess around with things. So it's normally fully charged before I go to bed. And when I wake up, it's normally around like 92%. And, you know, if I don't charge it, that's okay because then I'll come home and, you know, before, by the time I put the kids back to bed, it's at like 80 some odd percent. So I have not once had to worry at all about the battery. And that's what was my main concern with the old one. That is um, a pretty sweet, like battery life. Yeah, they say you can run this thing for six days if you put it on dim mode. Nice. So I I don't want to test that, but in theory, I could actually take this camping with me if I wanted to, which is which is um, without one, taking the charge. Without taking the charger, which once again, this has its own proprietary charger. Oh. Yeah, I know. So all oh. my all my charging stuff. I had a charger at work had a charger at the bed. I had a charger next to my computer for my watch. 
all of those are completely pointless now. But like I said, six days of battery life, I just charge it by my bed for, you know, like an hour or two at night and I don't have to worry at all. Um, it's got a Google Assistant and it's got Alexa support. You can actually pick one, which one you want to use. So depending on your ecosystem and your, you know, assistant of choice, you could pick to use the Google Assistant or you could pick the Alexa Assistant. Okay. Um, it's got uh, built-in GPS, uh, heart rate, um, SPO2 data as well, uh, plus, you know, just the normal notifications, phone calls. This thing's actually got a speakerphone in it, so if I really wanted to answer a phone call, um, I could actually just to answer the call on my watch if I wanted to. It, it's okay. It's not great, but, you know, it works in a pinch. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Um, plus, it also works with um, Sleep for Android. Nice. So all of my Sleep for Android stuff, I just had to download an app for the watch, and then I have to make I have to remember to start the app on my watch, and then it connects to the the Sleep for Android, and it just it works. So that's a plus. See, I did everything that I you know really wanted to do out of the um, <clears throat> out of the box. Yeah. Cool. It. But it isn't in Android, like, watch phone. Right? No. Or Android watch watch. It is, no, it is not a Wear OS. Fitbit OS. It is a Fitbit OS, yes. Wear OS. <clears throat> so, yes, there are some things that are not, like, notifications sometimes. It's the Fitbit OS and my phone sometimes don't line up. If my phone and my watch have been apart for too long, sometimes when they get back together, it takes it takes us, you know, a couple of tries to get them to actually sync back up again. Mm. And sometimes the notifications on my watch are like things I've already dismissed on my phone, but they still show up on the watch. Because they're in the watch's memory. Yep. That sounds annoying. Yes, the, it's it's a small annoyance, but most of the time I just, you know... I just go through, you know, my, my notifications normally every time that I, you know, I get up to, cause the watch will tell me, Hey, you know, you haven't walked in a while or you haven't, you haven't done, you know, a, a set number of steps this hour. Right. So normally when I get up to go do that, I just, you know, double check the notifications and I just clear them if they're old ones that I don't need to worry about anymore. Um, the one other annoying things is the fact that it doesn't have an actual button it just has one of those capacitive buttons. Ooh, like the screen itself. Yes. So sometimes getting that to work, especially if I'm wearing gloves, um, is a problem. Yes. <clears throat> so that's yeah, that's a little weird. The, the watch band's a little weird because you actually tuck the extra part of the watch band inside. So sometimes you have it sitting right on your wrist and then you try and tuck, tuck the extra band inside the ba- the wristband and it gets too tight. But it was under, you know, my thing was like, okay, I want a new, I need a new smartwatch. And this thing was under 200 bucks at the time. And I've, you know, I've really been liking it. Screens, nice resolution, not too big on my wrist. Okay. So yeah, no. It, right now, two, two, what, two thirty? I said. Yeah. So that would be a little five, I think. Yeah, that'd be a little bit above my thing range. Plus, um, most of the, the you know the really fancy, um, like SPO two data, um, 
and some of the other like Fitbit sleeping stuff and other Fitbit exercise tracking stuff requires you to have Fitbit premium. So I will see, I have currently have, I I got 90 days free. So once that's up, I'll see, you know, I'll turn it off and see if I notice the difference. Um, But I got it. I got a 90 day thing with my watch. So I'll, you know, I'm still running on the premium version for free right now. So yeah, neat. Very neat. Yep. Well, all right then. So there you go. Fitbit Versa 3. All right. Random topic. Rolled ahead of time. Which Star Trek actor do you want to deliver your eulogy? Um, I might be setting myself up for a monkey paw here. <clears throat> um, because I would love to have Leonard Nimoy. <laughs> In part because it means that Leonard Nimoy would be back. <laughs> but then also Leonard Nimoy is back and then we have zombie Leonard Nimoy... And that's not necessarily a good thing. No. I've got three answers. Three? I've got the... Yes. Which which Star Trek actor or actress, I will categorize them together, do you want? And he's like, I want three. <laughs> well, I've got the safe answer of Patrick Stewart, because, I mean, come on. Yep. I've got the... Um, why, I've got the wild card I'm going to call him the wild card option of Michael Dorn okay. because okay. that his voice is just booming yes just Michael Dorn being just talking just sounds yep. good so Patrick Stewart Michael Dorn and then the last one Simon Pegg I'll allow it because I feel like that would be like the wait Simon Pegg's at your funeral just I one mean, of those I feel like that would be Michael like Michael Dorn and Patrick Stewart yes but sure, I'll allow it. That's fine. Because Simon Pegg was Scotty in the new one, right? Yes. Okay. So yeah, so those are my three. I don't know if you're allowed three. <laughs> well, but. yeah, the safe choice, the wild card choice, and the kind of like a little gift at my I, send-off. I, I don't think any of those things is actually true, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was in my head. That's what was going on. It was like... Michael Dorn just sounds good. Simon Pegg would just be fun. I feel like he'd be a fun guy to have, you know, there at the funeral. And, yep. of course, Patrick Stewart would just be because it's Patrick Stewart. I mean, just come on. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's... <laughs> I, I don't have anything to add to that. It is 11... It is midnight, and I'm exhausted. All right. I should prepare, because I know that as soon as we're done with this, Andy's going to be like, so, did you do the Wordle? He's like, it just flipped over. It's midnight. No, I did not do the wordle. <sighs> All right. Well, just wrap this up. That's a wrap. This has been another episode of the Random Access Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, corrections, suggestions, remarks, reviews, rebukes, retorts, or just rants, feel free to contact us. You can find us on Twitter at RAPodcast or send us an email at mail at rapodcast.net. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.